the most advertised recession in all of history. Not 2023 or 2024, as you might think, 1979. Everybody could see it coming, but as the year wore on and weakness continued, the recession seemed to be mysteriously absent. The more it was expected, the less it seemed to happen. The nominal economy continued to plod along as if there was nothing wrong. Yet, you could sense, you could see it, you could feel it building all the while because as, as the year wore on, as things continued, Americans got poorer and poorer. They kept shelling out more money to get less stuff. And eventually when you do that, you spend more money to get less, the economy has to become less. The problem is figuring out what point that actually happens because recessions are processes. It's not a single flip of a switch from expansion, growth, and boom to bust, recession, and contraction. That's not how it works. There's a messy process in between, a cycle. And the cycle doesn't just clear up to the top and then go on down to the other side and make a very sharp, easy to see point. And the point that we're, we're making here comparing to 1979 is that that cycle is often determined or the length of time the cycle shifts is often determined by the nominal circumstances ongoing at that period. In other words, as business becomes weak, businesses react as businesses always do. We got more revenue coming in. Even if you're shipping a couple fewer units, you might still just hang in there and see where it goes. And as nominal growth outpaces maybe real growth, you're more likely to hang in for a longer period of time. But we see this consistently in each and every business cycle, up to and including the present time. That is, the divergence between nominal spending among consumers and real spending. Once that divergence becomes big enough, it's almost inevitable that the cycle will have to turn at some point. And that cycle turn is determined by the labor market. So before getting into the really serious and um, appropriate comparisons to the 1979 period, which there was no recession in 1979, though it would begin early in 1980, I do want to remind you that this coming Monday, February 19th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, webinar on President's Day, we need to talk about commercial real estate. What's really happening there? What actually happened that created such a big problem? How big of a problem is it actually? Maybe some good news there. And what to look for if things really do start to heat up, not just in terms of CRE or CLOs, but also for the banking system, the financial system, markets, all of it. That we're gonna go over. We've got a live Q&A. Got stuff that we can't really talk about here on YouTube, so if you're really interested, I highly recommend you sign up today because as Monday's coming up, there I don't think there's many spots left. So I hope to see you there again Monday, President's Day, February 19th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, link in the description. So let's wander back to 1979 for a moment. Inflation, oil problems, sounds a lot, sounds pretty familiar, except in 2023, 2024, we have price increases, but it's not because of inflation. But as far as most people are concerned, when you're paying more to get less, who cares where it's coming from? Well, that's, that's a concern for officials and understanding what the economic situation is and dynamics are. But for most people in the economy, including business, it doesn't really matter. So the circumstances are 
relatively close enough. Consumer prices, oil surge, and weak underlying economic fundamentals. By the start of 1979, even most of the Federal Reserve policymakers were thinking, yeah, we're going to have a recession this year. 78 did not end well. You could see weakness starting to build up and consumer prices were just bearing down on everything. By March of 1979, a majority of the FOMC was forecasting a recession for that year. That's how widespread weakness was. But yet, by summertime, even as the staff models started to started to pick up on recession too, there was no there was no clear signal that the economy was actually contracting. There was again the same type of ambiguity. Some things look weak, but some things look strong. You talk to certain people in the business community, they said things aren't going well. You took, talk to other people and they say it is. The media kept hyping up recession while policymakers struggled to make sense of it all. So we're going to start in September of 1979. This debate had been going on for well over a year by then. And the, the idea of recession was already six months old and people were becoming more and more impatient. Again, it sounds really familiar here. And some of that impatience, the longer it took, the more it seemed like recession was just a figment of the media or people's imagination. It was all emotion. Yes, we see some weak numbers, but maybe this is just, it's a recession because we're talking about recession. The fellow by the name of Willis Wynn said, I'd just like to make one more comment, Paul, Paul being Paul Volcker, the chairman. It seems to me that we're in an environment in which we have the most advertised recession in history, with talking our way into it, perhaps contributing more because I think we're going to get an uptick in this third quarter, this third quarter of 1979. I don't know how that's going to be manipulated from a press standpoint. When you talk to business people, they all tell you that their business is still very strong, but then they will badmouth because everybody else is badmouthing. And that's what they read. I think psychologically, we may have built ourselves into a box. And this sounds exactly like they're talking about 2023 and the soft landing. The recession was all just a figment of certain people's imagination and a wild press out there scaremongering the public. Volcker came back and said, a strange phenomenon, I confess, is that everybody has assumed that we are in a recession and we are getting an increase in the gross national product. I don't know. That's still a forecast, of course. It sounds a lot like the end of last year in the United States. Everybody's talking recession, or at least everybody was at one point, and then the economy seemed to accelerate at the end of the year. So what do we make of this? Another fellow by the name of Chuck Party, he said, the businessmen always say that, Willis, talking to Mr. Wynn, and Wynn said, you know, I know, but they read it in the press. And then a little bit later on in the discussion, another FOMC policymaker by the name of Emmett Rice, he chimed in with, the economy is clearly weakening. The staff analysis is very clear on this. It's really very hard to see where the strength of the economy is that some people are worrying about. Most of the indicators seem to me to point toward weakness and further weakening in the economy. Retail sales in real terms have been declining since last May. Industrial production has turned down. It's noted how he mentioned retail sales in real terms, because that's the key divergence. In this stage of a business cycle, nominal terms versus real terms. How much poorer is the economy getting, whether or not we get to the layoffs, whether or not the layoffs have happened. In 1978 and 1979, 
The, the data is a little bit different because the data they had back then was a different series, but the modern estimates, which are already old, old benchmark and classifications, but the, the retail sales figures that we have show that nominal retail sales were fairly steady right all the way up until January of 1980. You didn't really see that much that would be concerning because consumer prices were changing. More nominal spending for less stuff. Real retail sales, at least according to these estimates, according to those prior estimates, real retail sales had turned lower in May of 78. Numbers we're gonna use here, those peaked in December 1978, which just showed that throughout 79, the concerns about weakness in the economy and recession were very real. In real terms, Americans were getting less and less and less unless they were falling farther and farther and farther behind, even if the overall economy seemed to be hanging in there. You don't see the statistics that you would associate with recession. And you didn't see the layoffs. Business people were hanging on to their workers because they were at least benefiting from increasing nominal revenues. They were shipping fewer goods, selling fewer goods, but getting more for them. But that cannot last. And that's the point that everyone was trying to make. Yes, we see these, the economy overall seems to be hanging in there. We don't see mass layoffs that we would associate with recession, but it's not just the media hyping up this weakness. We do find that as Americans in particular, we're falling further and further behind. And industrial production reflected real retail sales, not nominal, because if you're selling less stuff, even if you're getting more revenue for it, you're also going to be making less stuff, which also means an inventory cycle. Now, in 1979, we didn't have as much of a services economy, but it doesn't really matter. Like we have today, services will follow the goods economy too. Going back to 1979 one more time, Chairman Volcker asked the question of Mr. Kitchline, who, is a, who was a staffer back then. He said, how do you get an increase in output per, output per hour in the fourth quarter while well, the gross national product is declining significantly because they were forecasting the recession to finally show up. And Mr. Kitchline said, we have a substantial employment adjustment built into this forecast. So it's coming out of labor input. Back to Volcker, that would be unusual at that early stage, wouldn't it, of a decline in activity? Can that adjustment move that fast? And Kitchline responded, well, it's part of what would be a fairly smooth and rapid adjustment, which is built into our forecast on the inventory side. My view would be that I have been surprised that we haven't had more in the way of reduction of labor input to date, and that's mass layoffs. Once that has begun, if you look back at prior recessions, it has gone on quite quickly for several months in a row. So I would think that we're on reasonably safe ground and expecting labor input to drop off in the fourth quarter. And he was wrong, but only about the timing. What he was saying is that Recessions don't look like recessions until this one part, the layoffs, the declining adjustment in labor input, which is we use fewer workers. Businesses start cutting back in more serious ways. And it's very difficult as they were struggling in 1979, as we're struggling today in 2024, to decide exactly when that point will show up. They were figuring that it might've happened already, the middle of 1979, the summer started to look even weaker. The third quarter got a, bunch, a big rebound. Maybe the fourth quarter would be the turnaround. Well, as it turned out, it wasn't the fourth quarter, but it was the first quarter of 1980. 
But even then, the layoffs were not as sharp until a few months into it. And the 1980 recession was unusual because it happened very short, very sharp. As Mr. Kitchline was forecasting, he got that right. He just couldn't get the timing. But that's the point that we're trying to make here. These things are incredibly difficult to time, but the processes that they go through are incredibly familiar. They're cycles for a reason. And just sticking with these two economic data points, retail sales, nominal terms versus retail sales in real terms, price adjusted, you can see when a divide opens up between nominal terms and real terms, when Americans start to get poorer while paying more to become poorer, eventually, finally, that trigger in the labor market. So when we look at real retail sales and nominal retail sales in the 1970s, and really any business cycle, we'll go through them here. Again, you see the same pattern over and over. In the 1973-74-75 recession, nominal retail sales, they slowed down a little bit in March of 1973, but then they actually accelerated in the first half of 1974 in a way that's pretty familiar to 2022-2023. But essentially, you look at nominal retail sales and everything looked to be holding up. But then you flip over to real retail sales and those peaked all the way back in February of 1973. So Americans were getting less and less stuff as they were paying more and more to do it. And you don't see nominal retail sales really decline until the labor market dives. So if you're looking at nominal retail sales, everything looks fine. The nominal economy seems to be holding up. You look at real retail sales, even though the economy wasn't experiencing layoffs, we were heading toward them as Americans got poorer and poorer and poorer. And businesses too. They think, well, I'm shipping fewer goods. I'm making fewer things. I'm servicing fewer people. Eventually, I'm not going to need the same amount of workers, whether or not I've got nominal increases or not. It all plays into the same process. Going back one cycle further, 1969 and 1970, the recession there. Again, you don't see any real change in nominal retail sales whatsoever. Yet, as the great inflation was getting going back then, not a, a steady increase in nominal retail sales also would have meant as price changes got bigger, real retail sales are going to be, well, in this case, not falling, but they stopped growing all the way back in December of 1968. So a full year before we get into the recession of 69 and 70. The cycle starts to take shape. It starts to turn. We get, this, we get these warnings from real versus nominal and no telling when the, when the actual cycle gets triggered. In some of these cases like 73, 74 or in 1968, 1969, just like in 1978, 79 into 1980, it can take a while before these processes actually play all the way out. Before we get to that point where businesses finally make that big adjustment in the labor market. Even the post-great inflation recessions, 1990 and the dot-com recession in 2000, again, you see the same divergence. In 1990, you've got some weakening in the early part of 1990, even in nominal terms, but you don't get the real contraction in nominal retail sales until the recession hit, the layoffs hit in the, in, the, in the latter stages of that recession. Whereas in 2000, again, you get the divergence where you see nominal retail sales, they actually do slow down pretty noticeably in March of 2000, 
But real retail sales, they're declining after March of 2000. So again, you get that big difference between real and nominal, which means eventually you're going to get the layoffs and eventually the full recession that everybody recognizes. I talked about the latest retail sales figures a couple days ago because we got the updated report for January, which, as I mentioned in that video, showed substantial downward revisions to especially November and December, which means that Christmas was indeed a full and complete bust. What you see is, and I, men I mentioned this in a previous video, you see nominal retail sales were up about 3.6% in the fourth quarter of 2023 versus 2022. But in real terms, they're actually pretty much flat. And we've seen this all throughout the last several years. Nominal retail sales had looked really relatively decent and stable over the last couple of years, 2022 and 2023. At the same time, real retail sales have gotten worse, gone lower and lower. There was a bit of a rebound in both in the middle of last year, consistent with a disinflation rebound. Over the last three months of 2023 and apparently the first month of 2024, both nominal and real retail sales have been incredibly weak. And what's important about that is, first of all, we've got that big divergence between nominal and real that has been going on for a very long period of time, a prolonged period where Americans are spending more and getting a lot less. But with nominal retail sales, as well as real retail sales getting weaker to end last year and begin this year, that also corresponds with some of the labor market statistics that we've been talking about. Not the payroll report, obviously, the headline numbers, the smoothed out establishment survey, but the household survey, full-time jobs, the hours index in the establishment survey that suggests, yes, something has changed over the last couple months. And so we go back to Kitchline and Volcker's conversation in 1979. We expect, those economists back then expected, that eventually this could not play out any other way. But we're just waiting for that possible trigger to finally show up at some point. It's impossible to tell beforehand. What you can say with reasonable assurance is that as long as this divide continues, as long as weakness continues to go up, it's not the media hyping it. It's not about one thing or another. It's about the fact that this is a cycle. It's a process. As we see more and more economies around the world fall into recession without having any of the layoffs that we, we associate with recession, it just emphasizes this point all that much more. Continuing to slide, continuing to get weak, continuing to move in that direction in, all, in a very familiar, very cyclical fashion. One final reminder, Monday's webinar, sign up while there's still space available, link in the description. If you wanna see another video about what's happening in the labor market, those labor statistics that I just talked about, that's the one linked below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. Until next time, take care.